are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Brewers, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. We talk about your favorite teams every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and as I promised on Monday's podcast, which you haven't had a chance to listen to, make sure you go back and check that out. But today we're going to be talking about everyone's favorite topic, and that is prospects. Recently, Prospects 1500, uh, who also do a little bit of writing for, released their top 50 prospects list for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, To help us go over that list, who better than the person responsible for putting it together? Uh, And that is David Gasper joining us today. Uh, Many of you are pretty familiar or probably familiar with David's work as an editor at Reviewing the Brew uh, and co-host on the Cold Brew podcast. Um, I really love the work that both of those outlets bring. So if you haven't already, make sure that you go and check them out. Uh, But I'm very happy to have David on the show with us today to go through this list together. Uh, David, go ahead and bring you in here. Thank you so much for joining the show to talk about your top 50 list for the Brewers. Yeah, Jake, thanks a lot for, uh, for having me on. It was, it was a lot of fun uh, putting that list together, and it's been a lot of fun leading uh, reviewing the Brew and the Cold Brew podcast um, for a while now. So, yeah, I'm just ready for baseball to finally get started. Yeah, amen to that. Um, we're just about a month away, right? It, it doesn't seem like it with the way the offseason's gone, but uh, we're, it, we're about a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting, so... Hopefully things will pick up here, but before we get into the list, I know Prospects 1500 has a tier system for how uh, prospects are ranked. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what each different tier means? Yeah, so there are five different tiers um, that that are used there, Prospects 1500. Tier one is really your your cream of the crop, your future perennial all-star type guys, the ones that are going to be studs in the league for years to come. Uh, tier two is is guys with an above average expectation of of being a solid contributor at the big league level. So these are guys that you know, even though they may not be all stars year in year out, um, they're going to be playing at the big league level uh, most likely, and, and they're going to be playing just about every day. Uh, tier three is, is kind of more your average expectation of of being a contributor at, at the big league level. Uh, tier four is the guys that you know could possibly. Uh, be in bench roles or or in less valuable spots, you know, bench utility, uh, middle relief, um, guys that you know they, they they could end up making the big league roster, but you know if they do, they're probably not going to be impactful players. And then tier five is the guys that you know they could possibly maybe make the big leagues. They have a chance, um, but it's not really. Uh, big expectations for them and it's really just kind of guys to to keep an eye on and and see if uh, they start playing well and and really kind of push their way up but not really much for high hopes at the moment yeah um and obviously you know this had to be you know a difficult year for prospect evaluators like yourself and others to try to put this list together um, you know, not having a minor league season, you know, you really don't have much to go off of. But can you talk a little bit about the process and factors that uh, you use to create your top 50 for the Brewers? Yeah, this was probably like the worst season to try mm-hmm. to come in and right. uh, rank my first uh, top 50 prospects list. I mean, there is, 
you know, only so much to go on. And and you have a lot of stats from, you know, 2019, 2018, whatever. But, you know, heading into 2021, those those numbers only tell you so much. So really, and especially with the Brewers not really sharing much information from their alternate training sites or, or from Instructional League, it you know, there really wasn't that much to go on. There were a couple of uh, reports from you know Will Salmon of the Athletic and, and from MLB.com that you know gave reports on what happened with some of these prospects at the alternate training site at Instructional League, and really it was just kind of parsing through those uh, to really kind of see who's trending up, who's who's going in the right direction, you know what are they saying, and and what aren't they saying too because. You know, you, you can talk about, you know, uh, the progression of a hitter or, or whatnot at, at the alternate training site. And a lot of times what they don't say about the progression can be more important than what they actually do say mm-hmm. about them. Um, so yeah, it's really just kind of between the lines, right? You the, gotta, yeah, yeah you gotta. exactly. It, it's reading between the lines of, of these um, prospect reports and the um, what what the quotes were from Tom Flanagan, the Brewers farm director, uh, and, and really just kind of seeing what prospects were were trending up at, at both of these places, and that's where it looked like you know uh, Ethan Small, Antoine Kelly were were trending up at the alternate training site, and Micah Bello and Victor Castaneda were doing really well at the instructional league, and you know it, it's those kinds of reports that have an impact on on the top fifty list and, and where those guys fall because. Mike Bello probably initially was going to be somewhere down in the 30s in, in my original list, but when you, when I saw the uh, report out of Instructional League that he was one of the stars of the league, you know, doing everything really well, making all this progress, it, it bumped him up to uh, 22 uh, in my list. So it, it really it did make an impact those reports on what happened uh, at, at both of those places at Instructs and at the alternate training site because. That was really all that there was to go on this year. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. I haven't really thought about it, but, you know, reporters aren't usually going to report on players that were doing poorly <laughs> at an alternate site. So right. you, you kind of have to read into that, that if they're writing about somebody, it's probably that they're doing well. And if they're not writing about you, it's probably because they weren't impressing anybody. So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a weird year. You kind of just have to, like you said, read between the lines there and try to figure out who's who's trending up. Um, and I, I meant to ask you this beforehand, but this list does not include the recently signed international prospects, correct? Uh, one of them is on there, Jackson Churio, uh, the, okay. the top guy from that list. He's on there. He's at number 28. Uh, I don't have any of the other guys in there, uh, Daniel Guillarte or, or Henry Mendez or um, any one of the other members of that international class. Um, I, I had Churio on there simply because he was, I mean, the highest rated out of the group and he was one that, um, there, there's really kind of a bit more written about, um, whereas the other ones uh, I, I didn't quite know as much. So they could end up making their way onto that list in the future. But as of right now, you know, I, I didn't know that much about the rest of them. So it was hard to kind of put them on the, on the top 50. Yeah, understandable. And yeah, sorry, I, I guess I missed Cheerios on there. I, I knew they had signed him on Friday. I didn't, and I knew this came out like Saturday or something like that. This came uh, out Friday morning. It, it came out okay. the, 
the same day. So yeah, I, I was I was anticipating that the <laughs> signing was going to be made there and had him on the list. Right. I think they got him for like 1.9 million, and I believe he was like ranked 18th by MLB Pipeline. So yeah, I figured he would be on your list. I must have just overlooked him when I was going through it. So um, let's let's get into that list and talk about some prospects. I I, I think we're going to go through it by tiers, uh, starting with tier five. Um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, like you said, these are kind of guys that you're just hoping you get something out of. But who in that group, you know, should fans keep an eye on? Maybe somebody that could jump up a tier or two by the end of the year. Yeah, there there are a couple of interesting guys down there in tier five uh, that I was able to include. Javon Ward uh, at number forty. You know, he's a guy that the Brewers knew he was a project. He was pretty raw coming out of high school in 2017. Uh, but he's got a power-speed combination. He's a left-handed hitter. Um, and, you know, he seemed ready for a breakout in 2020. Uh, so, you know, maybe that breakout will come here in 2021. Uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. But he's an interesting guy. Alexis Ramirez is another one who was kind of a star at Instructional League. Uh, his velocity made a big jump, and now he's in the upper 90s on his fastball. So when you got a fastball like that, you know, th- there's always a chance that, that he could end up making some noise and, and moving his way up. You know, he hasn't had the results so far in the minors from, from previous seasons, but, you know, perhaps with that jump up in velo that uh, he could do better. One guy for sure I think to keep an eye on is Ernesto Martinez. He, he's a first baseman. He was an international signee a couple of years ago. I mean, he's six foot six, 230 pounds, left-handed hitter with big raw power. Um, he had an 802 OPS in, in rookie ball uh, his last season in 2019. So, I mean, he, he's going to be in full season ball. The Brewers don't have much for first base prospects. I think everyone kind of knows that. Martinez is really kind of the only true first baseman that, that they really have in this farm system. Um, but, I mean, he's, he's a little bit away. Uh, he's 21 years old now, but I mean, if he continues to to hit well and and cut down on strikeouts and and make enough contact, you know, he could be someone that that bumps up the list going forward as well. Uh, same thing with uh, with Chad Spanberger. Uh, I, already, I already had one dude complaining that Spanberger was was too low at 48, um, but I mean, he's a guy that the Brewers got back for Chase Anderson in 2019. Didn't see him play anywhere in in 2020. Um, so it's really kind of tough to see, you know, where he's going to be because he wasn't at instructs. He wasn't at the alternate training site. He didn't play in independent ball. He's not playing in winter ball. So I haven't been able to find anything on him playing anywhere in 2020. Uh, so Spanberger's a guy that, you know, if he plays well in 2021 and in, in the upper levels of the minors, cause he's going to be in double A or triple A, you know, he could, he could turn himself into a real option for the Brewers, but. Um, you know, he's someone that it, it's kind of tough to judge without seeing him. And then Caden Lemons, uh, he came in at, at number 50 and I, I really just kind of put him on there because, I mean, he was a second round pick in 2017. You know, he's a very, very highly rated kid, extremely raw as a pitching prospect. Um, and, and he's had injuries limit him. He only had 13 games in, in his pro career. He hasn't pitched in a game since 2018, missed all of 2019 with a hip injury, then didn't play at all in 2020. So with two years off, he should be healthy. I, I, I'm assuming, I mean, he's six foot six, big guy. He should be healthy. 
Um, and, and if he is, you know, maybe he could push his way up there and, and get himself back onto these prospect lists if he can be healthy and perform. Um, but he, he's just another guy to kind of keep an eye on and just kind of ensure that he's healthy and, and can, uh, and can play actually. Yeah. So it sounds like you got some good names there to keep an eye on that could make a jump up and you're never going to please everybody with these lists. I've, I've been doing this long enough to know that <laughs> no. you're always going to have somebody that, that has a problem with it. And when you put out a top 50 and somebody's complaining about 48, that just, you know, you're, you're always going to get somebody, but, oh yeah. um, tier four is a, is a pretty big list. It includes those ranked 22 to 39. Uh, there are a couple of names there that stick out to me, uh, that are familiar in Phil Bickford at 39 and Corey Ray at 37, you know, once promising prospects that have obviously faded at this point. Uh, and then David Hamilton was one of my favorite college players to watch when he was at Texas, you know, but obviously, Injuries have kind of held him back. He didn't get to play his junior season um, at Texas before he got drafted. But, you know, he he's somebody that came into Texas with a lot of, you know, flair, a lot of talk, you know, kind of a slick infielder, um, you know, who could end up being a top-of-the-order bat. I, I really like him. And then you have newly acquired Leo Crawford at 26. Um, give me your quick thoughts on some of those guys and anybody else that, that stands out to you in Tier 4. Yeah, so for guys like uh, Phil Bickford and Corey Ray, like, yeah, their prospect status has really kind of fallen uh, last couple of years. Bickford has dealt with injuries and uh, had a suspension. But, I mean, he came up, he made his debut uh, in 2020. Wasn't the greatest debut. He hit a couple of guys, uh, had, had a rough inning. Um, but, you know, he's someone that, that could be a middle relief option going forward. Corey Ray... You know, I, I was really excited for him when he was drafted in, in 2016, you know, fifth overall pick. And they started him off in high A, if I recall correctly. And he was supposed to be moving quickly through the system. And yet, you know, he still hasn't been able to earn the call up. And he's been battling a lot of injuries and really just kind of been been struggling. He only had one fully healthy season. That was in 2018. And he hit 27 homers. You know, he stole 37 bases. You know, so th there's the power-speed combination that's there. But he strikes out 30% of the time. He hit just 237 that year. You know, he's he's not going to be someone that hits for a high average. You know, he, he's going to be down there probably in the 220s, 230s at, at the big league level. So I think at this point, Corey Ray is really just kind of a a fourth outfielder, which is kind of disappointing for a fifth overall pick. Um, but he's likely not going to be the, the center fielder of the, of the future for the Brewers, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, and some of those other guys that you mentioned there, David Hamilton, that, that's a guy that I really like as well. I mean, yeah, he had the Achilles injury that, that cost him his junior season at Texas and pushed him down to the eighth round. Um, but this, um, this past year in 2020, he played in the uh, Constellation Energy League down there in Texas. And the numbers he put up there was ridiculous. He played in just 27 games and he hit 296 and he stole 20 bases hmm. in 27 games. <laughs> and he wasn't caught wow. once. He was he was never caught trying to steal a base. All 20 times he he successfully made it. I mean, he walked more than he struck out. You know, he he hits, he gets on base. Um, you know, he's, he's a real top of the order threat. And, you know, I, I think with some time in affiliated ball, uh, in 2021, uh, he could really, uh, move quickly and, 
and move up some more prospect rankings. So that's a guy I definitely like as well. Uh, and then, yeah, Leo Crawford. I mean, that's the guy they got in the Corey Knable trade. I, I think he could end up being a back end uh, of the rotation type guy. You know, he, he's kind of similar to Brent Suter, although not as tall. But he uh, he's, he messes with timing. He he throws relatively slow with the velocity, but he's he's got a really good changeup, some good pitches, uh, and he's someone that. Uh, I, I think could be in the big leagues, um, possibly some point in 2021. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited about David Hamilton. I already was before, but hearing you talk about him, you know, I'm really excited to see what he does. He's somebody, he came into, like I said, he came into Texas with a lot of, you know, big talk and, and you know, a lot of high prospect ranking and then really didn't produce his first year at Texas like everybody thought he would. But then that next year just really, you know, kind of took over and he was supposed to improve on that his junior year. And he said probably would have been a first or second round pick had he not been injured. And luckily for the Brewers, it kind of fell to them. So excited to see what, what he does. But before we get into the top 21 prospects for the Brewers, I want to tell you a little bit about our friends at BetOnline AG. BetOnline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. It's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. With the NBA regular season in full swing and games every night and the NFL playoffs heating up with uh, the semifinal matchups this weekend, there are plenty of games to get in the end the action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. There are so many different makes and models of automobiles these days. It's impossible to stock all the parts, all the parts your car will ever need in your traditional chain store. So I worry with the hassle of answering a bunch of questions about your car at a chain store and hoping they have the parts you need when you have, when you have the inventory at rockauto.com right in your pocket. You can pull out your cell phone, look for any make or model and any kind of auto part your car will ever need right there at rockauto.com. There are so many different reasons to maintain your automobile these days, but the biggest one is obviously to save money so that you can spend your money on more important things. So why would you choose to spend 30, 50, sometimes even 100% for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or even a new car dealership? Just head on over to rockauto.com right there on your phone, search the parts you need, buy them, have them shipped to you, and just sit back and wait for them to arrive. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle. And do us a favor, write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your cars will ever need at rockauto.com. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on MLB on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories, Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's get back into these prospect rankings here, and we get into the meat of these prospects with Tier 3. 
Uh, being a college guy, the name that really stuck out here to me is uh, Hayden Cantrell at 21. Um, and this is kind of, you know, I don't want to say special for me or try to get sentimental here, but this was the last baseball game I was in, in attendance for uh, was to watch Louisville play in the Cox Diamond Invitational uh, last March down in Pensacola. So, um, you know, I got to see him play a little bit and uh, he didn't have the best weekend there and he really wasn't off to a great start in 2020, but definitely had the look of somebody who could be a big league player, you know, at the very least a infield utility type. Uh, also in this group is Freddie Zamora out of Miami. You know, another guy that I really like who, you know, plays with a lot of energy and it's just fun to watch. But who from this group are you most excited about? I mean, th- there's a lot of guys I'm excited about here in tier three. Um, you know, leading it off, Tristan Lutz is a guy that, you know, I've liked, you know, since he was drafted out of uh, Texas um, from high school back in 2017. You know, he's just got to be able to tap into that power, make enough contact, um, and, and avoid striking out as much. That's kind of typical for a power hitter. But, you know, he's got plenty, and he could be in the Brewers outfield in, in the relatively near future. Uh, Eduardo Garcia at number 10. Uh, he's a kid that, you know, he's another one of these international signees out of Venezuela, signed a couple of years ago in 2018. And, you know, he's only played in, in 10 games and he broke his ankle in, in the Dominican Summer League in 2019. But he's someone that's really kind of been trending up. He's fully healthy now. He was at the alternate training site uh, as one of the youngest players there. Uh, and and he, he performed pretty well, a pretty good defender at shortstop, and he can kind of stick at that position going forward. And really just kind of looking at the reports about him, you know, the, the profile sounded super similar to Orlando Arcia when he was a prospect, and, and that may leave a bad taste in some fans' mouths. For some, it may be the greatest thing ever. But for for Eduardo Garcia, I mean, it's, you know, he's a glove-first guy. He's got promise with the bats, and if he fully realizes it, he could be, you know, potentially an all-star shortstop going forward. Um, that, that was, a, that was the same thing that everyone said of Arcia, you know, the glove is there, the gloves getting him to the big leagues. It's just a matter of whether or not he'll hit enough. And so far for Arcia, he hasn't fully realized his offense, his full offensive potential, um, for Garcia. It, it really, you know, it, there, there's going to be a big litmus test for him this year. Cause he's probably going to be in full season ball. So there's, there's a chance for him. Um, but, but he's certainly someone to, to keep an eye on. I'm excited about, uh, you mentioned Freddie Zamora, you know, second round pick this past year, you know, miss, missed the season with a torn ACL. So another guy who fell due to injuries and Zamora, you know, again, strong defender, but you know, he's got maybe a little bit more certainty with the bat that, that he's going to be able to hit going forward. You know, he draws walks, doesn't strike out that much. Uh, you know, he has some sort of pop, but, you know, it's just kind of a matter of seeing uh, how he'll adjust to the big league level. Then you mentioned Hayden Cantrell. I'm a, I'm a big Hayden Cantrell fan, too. Um, you know, just kind of looking at his season in, in 2020, you know, he, he didn't hit that well. He hit under 200, I, I think it was, for Louisiana. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I looked at his previous seasons, like, Hayden Cantrell was always kind of a slow starter, like always throughout the first month of the year, he was hitting below 200. And then he really kind of turned it on and played well the rest of the year. And I noticed, like I was looking at the game logs for him um, from college, 
And it was always right around like March 13th to, through the 16th, like right around that range is when he started turning things around offensively. And in case, and if you remember this past year, that was right around the same time the season shut down this year or, or back in 2020. So just as he was getting ready to, to um, heat up at the plate, the season shut down. So it, it really kind of hurt Cantrell's draft stock and, and he fell to the fifth round. But yeah, I mean, he's a guy that he can be a leadoff hitter. He can hit the ball all over the field for a high average. He's got great speed, a little bit of power, um, you know, pretty, pretty solid defender. So he's someone that uh, I, I think could be moving up lists as uh, time goes on. But yeah, very exciting guy um, for sure. Uh, and, and then just kind of an, another young kid that I'm excited about um, in this group, Hefferson Cuero uh, at number 15. I mean, he was a 2019 international signee. You know, he's someone that is a very strong defender behind the plate already. He's got a really good bat and someone that from, from all the reports out of uh, instructional league, you know, he's got great intangibles too when, when it comes to, to being a leader, great makeup, great character kid. Um, can handle a pitching staff, uh, can call his own games. I mean, very high ceiling uh, with Hefferson Cuero at just 18 years old. So th- there's a lot to like there with him uh, in Tier 3. And that brings us up to Tier 2, which makes up uh, rankings 2 through 8 and obviously includes a lot of players with some upside potential. Uh, Antoine Kelly is somebody that I'm really high on. I actually went out and bought some of his rookie cards um last year uh you know hoping that that he turns into a big prospect uh he's somebody that i'm really excited about and i know listening to you guys on your podcast you're very high on mario feliciano as being the uh, brewers catcher of the future possibly um even small is someone that you know i really enjoyed watching at mississippi state i feel i feel like it's a pretty safe bet to think that he'll be a solid you know middle to back of the rotation guy at the very least you know with the possibility of you know, maybe being a number two starter. Um, but maybe the surprise here would be that you have Bryce Terang in third on this list. Most people uh, tend to have him ranked first or second uh, among the Brewers prospects. So talk a little bit about that decision and uh, who you have ranked right ahead of him. Yeah, so I went back and forth a number of times on on the two and three spots for this list between Bryce Terang and Hedbert Perez. Um, but really I, I think what it came down to for me was that at full potential, Bryce Terang is, is a four tool guy. He's got, he's got the bat he's got, he's got hit, he's got speed, he's got glove, he's got the arm, but Hedbert Perez has the fifth tool. Hedbert Perez has power as well. So at, at, you know, at full maturity at, you know, at, at everything going well, Hedbert Perez has all five tools. Uh, and Bryce Terang, I love Bryce Terang, but he's not going to have power. You know, he, he's not going to like power is not going to be a part of his game. Really. You know, he might hit 10 to 12 home runs a season, but power is not really a big thing for him. So for me, that just kind of put Perez over the top being a five tool guy that can stick in center over a four tool guy in Terang. Heber Perez. I love this kid, man. Like every time, you know, I hear about him or, or or see something about him. Like, I'm just more excited for this kid. 
going forward. I mean, he's got all the tools that, that you want. He's got a absolutely beautiful swing. Like it, it is, it is incredible. Um, left-handed hitter. He's got power. He's got, you know, the on-base ability, a great approach at the plate. He's got the speed, takes good routes, has, has a strong arm. Um, and, and very mature kid mentally more, you know, great makeup, great character kid. Um, his father, Robert Perez played in the big leagues for a number of years, including with the, uh, 2001 Brewers, I believe, uh, for a little bit. So, you know, he's a kid with great bloodlines, um, and, and really kind of has five tool potential. Um, and, and once we see him in pro games, you know, that, that's something that, uh, is going to make everyone really excited about him and, and know about him. And, you know, I think at some point he may even overtake the number one spot on this list. Uh, and, and Terang, I mean, Terang's also got great bloodlines as well. Um, and, and, you know, he's been hitting well uh, down down in the minor leagues and, you know, a lot of positive developments at the alternate training site. And, you know, the, I could see any reason for for putting Bryce Terang at two or, or even putting him at one if you wanted to. Um, I got nothing wrong with that, but I, I just felt that uh, Hedbert Perez was um, someone who really kind of deserved that, that number two spot. Um, but yeah, Terang's an, another guy that can be an everyday starting shortstop, and, and the bat looks really good. Um, and then you mentioned you know the other guys in this list. I really like the, the top trio here of left-handed pitchers, Ethan Small, Antoine Kelly, and Aaron Ashby, the, these three guys right at the top um, in, in the top seven on my list. I mean, Ethan Small, yeah, probably a, a mid to back end, probably number four starter in the big leagues. Very high floor. Uh, I think he's someone that uh, could be a roster candidate for next year. Um, maybe even might make some noise to, to get a September call up. Uh, Antoine Kelly, he was a huge raw uh, project that, that the Brewers decided to take on, uh, drafting him right after Ethan Small. Small was the safe, advanced college pick in mm-hmm. 2019 with, with the first rounder. And then in the second round, they took Kelly, who's your raw, risky, high-risk, high-reward project that has a higher ceiling than Small, but a much lower floor. Um, but so far, according to all the reports, everything's been trending well uh, for Antoine Kelly. I mean, his secondary stuff, his slider, uh, his changeup uh, got a whole lot better at the alternate training site. You know, and and with those three pitches, you know, now being or those two pitches now being legitimate to go along with his very legitimate uh, fastball, you know that that gives him a good three pitch mix. And when you got three pitches, you can stick as a starter. So a lot of development left to go for him, but I ended up putting him ahead of Ashby um, because of really just kind of how he dominated and, and really uh, improved at, at the alternate training site there in 2020. And it's looking like he can stick as a starter and he's got pro- probably number two starter upside uh, with him with being left-handed with that big fastball. Um, but Ashby, you know, could be a mid rotation starter um, someone who's been pitching well in the minor leagues. He was a um, 2019 minor league pitcher of the year for the Brewers. So he's someone that uh, could be could be moving along and, and could be uh, an option for the Brewers either 
um, next year or, or possibly even late this year. So th- there's a lot to like among that group. And then, yeah, Feliciano, you know, I think the Brewers' current plan is to give Omar Narvaez another shot in 2021. And if he doesn't rebound, then they can go to Mario Feliciano starting in 2022. Um, and, and he's got the bat. He's been improving defensively and, and can stick there. So the, there's a lot to like with him. And then finally, uh, you probably all have guessed it by now, but the number one prospect that you have for the Brewers is uh, recently drafted Garrett Mitchell, outfielder out of UCLA. Um, obviously, Phil, it seems to be the, the theme of the Brewers draft, but uh, another player that kind of fell in the draft because of some health concerns, you know, nothing really that he can control uh, with, with diabetes there, but it did scare some teams away from drafting him. But many considered him to be a top 10 talent. Uh, and, you know, he has he has all the tools that you're looking for. But uh, just give me your, your quick thoughts on Mitchell and why you got him ranked number one. Yeah, Garrett Mitchell's a guy that, you know, I think the Brewers were ecstatic to get there at number 20. You know, w- when I was going through um, watching the draft uh, this past year, I had almost forgotten about Mitchell because I just assumed that uh, he was already going to be off the board. And uh, I was really kind of surprised that, that he wasn't. And I was a little annoyed at myself because at reviewing the brew for the past like couple of weeks, we have been doing write-ups on essentially on every single potential possible <laughs> first round pick for the Brewers. And we yeah. didn't do Garrett Mitchell because he was ranked like number six. He was ranked like top eight by everybody. So I'm just like, there's no chance he's going to be falling to the Brewers at 20. So it didn't even bother doing a, doing a write-up on him. And then of <laughs> course he ends up falling and the Brewers get him. So like, that was the only reason like I was upset about that draft pick, but because I mean, really he's a potential five tool guy um, yeah, he has a type one diabetes, but back in high school, Garrett Mitchell played on the Brewers area code team, you know, the, the area code games, the showcase, um, out there in California, he was on the Brewers area code team. So their coaching staff knew him, their scouts knew him, um, all the way from back then, you know, they, they had a, a strong relationship with him. He's got great speed, a great hitting ability. And really as if they can get that power to develop. And I think they will. I think that power is in there and they're going to be able to get it out of them. I, I think that makes him, you know, a, a pretty surefire five tool center fielder um, that, that can be an all star going forward. And, you know, with Lorenzo Kane's contract up in two years, the timeline seems to be lining up pretty well for Garrett Mitchell to be able to take over uh, in 2023. So, you know, there's a lot to like with Mitchell. Um, I, I texted one of uh, his UCLA teammates um to to ask him about him and and he said that garrett mitchell's the greatest athlete he has ever seen Hmm. and that he could be a dude at at the big league level so there's a lot to like with garrett mitchell um and and he's someone that that could move relatively quickly up this minor league system and uh add a lot of value to to this farm team or farm system well, that does it for uh, this top 50 list. David, uh, thank you so much for jumping on here. If you want to real quick, just please um, let everybody know where they can find your work at. Yeah, so uh, you, you can find my work at reviewingthebrew.com. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at dgasper24. And, and you can also follow our, our site on Twitter at reviewingthebrew. Um, I also have a podcast I do, the, the Cold Brew Podcast, um, with my co-editor at Reviewing the Brew, Matt Carroll. And um, 
we post new episodes every Thursday morning normally. And yeah, you can find us on on iTunes, on on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, Anchor, um, really kind of just about anywhere. So yeah, Cobra Podcast is a lot of fun. Uh, I've had a lot of really great, really big guests on um, over the past several weeks. So um, it, it's been good. It's, it's been a lot of fun and uh, definitely a lot of good stuff to check out. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said at the top, I enjoy reading your work at Reviewing the Brew and listening to you guys uh, on your podcast. And just uh, want to thank you again uh, for jumping on here to talk about these prospects. And we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks a lot, man, for having me on. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, hopefully we'll have some actual uh, results um, from baseball games to be talking <laughs> about relatively soon here. Absolutely. Well, that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Brewers. Again, make sure that you follow um, follow us on Twitter and make sure that you subscribe to Lockdown Brewers wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll talk to you next time. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.